You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Week 12 edition of Filato's Fantasy Corner here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I am your host, Nicholas Filato, and we are rolling into the Thanksgiving slate. Now, Thanksgiving slate, when I woke up this morning, and I'm recording this on Wednesday, by the way, was a three-game slate, but the Pittsburgh Steelers and Baltimore Ravens game, the night game, was moved to Sunday at 1.15, and the Steelers are very upset about this because obviously the Baltimore Ravens are dealing with some COVID issues, and we remember back earlier in the year when the Tennessee Titans were dealing with some COVID issues, the Steelers lost a bye week when they had already prepared for the Steelers, and Basically, they were told, look, this is your bye week now, despite the fact that you've practiced this entire time, rendering the Steelers basically bye week lists. And they've been very upset about this. And they were going to use the extended period from this Thursday till next Sunday as essentially an extended bye week. But they do not have that anymore. So they're very, very ticked off. But they will be playing Sunday against the Baltimore Ravens. I'll be putting this podcast up on Thursday morning rather than Friday morning so people can possibly listen to it and get some information for these Thursday games. Now, there's two Thursday games, 1230 start, Houston Texans traveling to Detroit, and then the 430 start is the Washington football team traveling to Dallas. The Houston game has a 50.5 point over-under, where the Dallas game has a 46 point over-under. The Cowboys are favored by three, Houston is favored by three. Now, remember the last time the Washington football team played Dallas with Andy Dalton as the starting quarterback, Washington was all over them, beat them 25-3, to and Andy Dalton left the game in the fourth quarter with that concussion by that dirty hit by John Bostic. So it should be an interesting affair between these two NFC East squads in a division that is just absolutely atrocious. But we're going to dive into the rankings as we do every week, talk about some stats that can apply to everybody. It's an interesting week because there are no bye weeks in week 12, but there are two teams that will be by next week. So if you're a fantasy playoff start in week 13, it's kind of unfortunate for people who have Buccaneers players and people who have Carolina players because both those teams will be by. Why the NFL set it up that way, I really have absolutely no clue, but that's the course of action that they took. So week 12, no bye weeks, week 13, two bye weeks. Let's roll into quarterbacks. The number one ranked quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, who had the Sunday night victory against the Las Vegas Raiders in a really, really good matchup. Really, really great game. And now they get the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who just gave up over 300 yards and a pair of touchdowns to Jared Goff. Tampa Bay is kind of a funnel defense. They've been that way for two years now, where you can't necessarily establish the run on them because they have stout guys up front. And that kind of holds true, even though Vita Vea is not there. They traded for Steve McClendon from the New York Jets, and McClendon has done a solid job kind of filling in for what Vita Vea was, although you can't really replace a talent or just an immovable mountain like 
of Vita Vea because he is incredible in that aspect. But Pat Mahomes is just lighting the world on fire, as he always does, and that's why he's number one. My number two quarterback is actually Deshaun Watson. So this is a Thanksgiving game at Detroit. They can't run the football, and Detroit can't stop the run. But I still think they're just going to pass because they can't get anything going with Duke Johnson, who's in smash spots week after week, getting 90-plus percent of the snaps, but he can't do anything with them. And Deshaun Watson has just been airing it out. And now Detroit will be without Jeffrey Okuda on defense, which is definitely a plus for Will Fuller, who I already had in my top 10 with Jeffrey Okuda. So Detroit is going to be surrendering a lot of fantasy points to Deshaun Watson, who will be on a short week. But look for Brandon Cooks. And look for Will Fuller because Randall Cobb is now out. It's going to be that offense going to be running through them. You might see some tight ends sprinkled in. I don't know if they're going to be able to establish the run. They really have not been able to that much this season. Duke Johnson got dinged up last game, but he's going to play in this one. And he's somebody that you can consider to start. But Sean Watson is number two for a reason. And that's because he's been absolutely insane. Through the last three games, Deshaun Watson has averaged 23 fantasy points a game, and that was with a down game mixed into that. So expect him to do this against a team that just made P.J. Walker look incredibly effective as a backup quarterback coming in relief for Teddy Bridgewater, who did not dress. And P.J. Walker would have had a much better fantasy game if he didn't throw two ill-advised interceptions that Detroit didn't necessarily have to do anything exotic in the red zone. So P.J. Walker put himself in a position to really, really have a great game last week in the shutout win over Detroit. And then next, I have Josh Allen versus the Los Angeles Chargers. Now, this is a 1 o'clock game. You have the Chargers traveling west coast to east coast. I always talk about that. It's a 53.5 point over-under. You might see a slow start from the Chargers, but the Bills have had two weeks to let that DeAndre Hopkins ridiculous catch kind of sink in. And I feel like they're going to come out and they're going to light up this defense that just surrendered a solid fantasy outing to Joe Flacco. A defense that gave up the deep pass to Bashad Perriman last week. Buffalo expects Stephon Diggs to get it. I expect Colt Beasley to be really fine in this game as well. Because John Brown seems like he's dealing with an injury. And John Brown, when healthy, I feel like he's such an underrated player. But he's rarely healthy. And I think he's still recovering from the injury that he suffered against his former team in the Arizona Cardinals. Then number four, I have Russell Wilson on Monday Night Football at Philadelphia. Russell Wilson is showing that he can still put this team on his back and still dominate. Right now, he's third among quarterbacks in fantasy points on the season, averaging 25.8 fantasy points per game. And he hit a kind of a snag the last couple games. Didn't really play as as well as a lot of people expected, but I expect him to kind of get right against Philadelphia, a team whose quarterback turns the football over at a high rate. And it's funny because the Seattle defense isn't exactly great by any stretch of the imagination. But this game with its 50-point over-under, if the weather holds up, it looks like it may be a little rainy in Philadelphia, but not nothing too crazy. doesn't seem like the wind is going to be out of control. As of Wednesday, again, there's a lot of time, so you want to monitor that. It seems like as of right now, it's going to be 60 degrees, light rain, 9-mile-per-hour winds, nothing too crazy. So Russell Wilson, you're starting. Number five, Justin Herbert at Buffalo. Same game, obviously, as Josh Allen. So you have that nice over-under. And Justin Herbert, if you have him, you're just going to start him. He likes to target Keenan Allen, gives Keenan Allen the ball. Keenan Allen had like 19 targets last week. That's what a rookie should do, target his best player. So he does. Hunter Henry's getting involved. Mike Williams has been solid as well. So you're going to start 
Justin Herbert, another young quarterback next six, Kyler Murray at New England. I'm a little bit hesitant because of the bum shoulder, but Kyler Murray has been phenomenal this entire year. Even when he's bad, he still finishes as a number one quarterback, a top 12 quarterback, like last week on the week. So Murray, I hope he's not going to reserve himself and not run the ball as much because of the injury. But as of right now, he's a hair behind Pat Mahomes and averaging fantasy points per game. On the se- or in the last three games, and on the season, he's number one in fantasy points per game at the position by a pretty considerable margin. He averages 28.4 fantasy points per game. Patrick Mahomes, 26. Nothing to kind of shy away from either. Seven, I have Derek Carr at Atlanta. We saw Derek Carr go toe-for-toe with Pat Mahomes last week. Had a touchdown pass to Darren Waller. Had a nice touchdown pass to Nelson Aguilar. And I think Derek Carr is somebody that is kind of disrespected. He wasn't anything sexy for a long time. John Gruden came in. He was still kind of a dink and dunk master. That's why he had the 70% completion percentage. A lot of people questioned his ability to kind of pass the ball down the field. And I thought that was fair. But right now, he's passing the ball down the field and having success doing so at a pretty high rate. And it's not even really due to their first overall pick this year, Henry Ruggs. It's Nelson Aguilar, who's a castaway from the Philadelphia Eagles of the past. But they have a rapport. Darren Waller, Derek Carr have a rapport. Carr seems to mesh well with what John Gruden wants. And he gets to go to Atlanta. Solid run defense. But a defense that you can pass the football on. As we've seen throughout the entire year. And yes, the defense has played better against quarterbacks since Dan Quinn has been relieved. But they still finish in the top half. Top third fantasy points per game given to the quarterback position. And Taysom Hill last week had a solid passing game for somebody making his first start as a quarterback in the National Football League against Atlanta. So I think Derek Carr could be in for another solid fantasy outing. Eight, I have Tom Brady versus Kansas City. Look, the Chiefs are going to put up points. Tom Brady's going to have to catch up. They're going to try to establish some sort of running game. They really need to focus on quick passes and try to methodically move the ball and not keep having Tom Brady throw the ball 30, 40, 50 yards down the field to Mike Evans and Antonio Brown at double coverage. But I think they're going to stabilize a little bit, look at themselves, adjust their coaching, and come out with a solid game plan to lose against the Chiefs. Then nine, I have Taysom Hill at Denver. Look, his rushing upside is just too much. He had two rushing touchdowns last week, and we saw him sling it a little bit. Didn't look bad. Got Michael Thomas involved. He went over 100 for the first time this year. Only threw Alvin Kamara one target, which is concerning. I really hope they adjust that for sure, for Alvin Kamara's sake. But I think Taysom Hill has to be considered to be a starting quarterback on your guys' fantasy roster, and everybody picked him up off the waiver wire last week. He has that high floor because of his rushing ability. And when you get in the red zone, it's him, it's Kamara. You got to watch out for it. If he passes, he has the ability to run, and that stuff should not be undervalued. It's a team like Denver as well. Aaron Rodgers versus Chicago. Looks like there could be a pretty windy game there, but we're not looking at like 25 mile per hour winds. We're looking at more like 15 to 20. I think that that's more something that's not going to really affect Aaron Rodgers. Chicago's defense is definitely really, really solid. If they just had a quarterback, they would be <laughs> such in such a better position, but they've been able to stop the run this year. They've been able to limit wide receivers, but I don't think they're going to limit Devontae Adams because he's an absolute stud. I think Aaron Rodgers in prime time. This should be a solid fantasy outing, but 
I wouldn't expect him to go off for like 30-35 or do one of those kind of Aaron Rodgers type games. Probably going to be around like 18 fantasy points, something along, along those lines. But the fact that he's Aaron Rodgers and he has Devontae Adams means you can't really be benching him. 11, Ben Roethlisberger versus Baltimore, which is now a 115 start. I mean, he's just clicking right now. Firing to Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, Eric Ebron. Baltimore's been dealing with this COVID nonsense. They haven't been in the building. They're kind of in flux right now. I know a lot of it's on the offensive side of the ball, but even Calais Campbell, who's been dealing with a calf injury, he just got put on the list, and it seems like it's something that's going to affect that side of the football as well. So Ben Roethlisberger, for me, is somebody that I am going to start and not look to bench because he is playing a defense that ostensibly is pretty tough against the quarterback position and has been tough against quarterback position the majority of the year because they are a good team. They are a good team in that regard in terms of limiting opponents from scoring fantasy points but with pittsburgh with baltimore it's a 45 point over under i don't expect this to kind of blow up but i don't really have any faith that james connor is going to be able to establish a run i think the points are going to have to come from the arm of ben roethlisberger so that's why he comes in 11 and then 12 is matt ryan versus las vegas thing about matt ryan is i feel like his fantasy production is tied to the hip of julio jones health julio it's going to be a game-time decision. Looks like he may play. He's able to get a limited practice in, but last week he was not right at all against New Orleans. So if something happens to Julio, I, I don't like what Matt Ryan can offer. But against Las Vegas, it's a plus matchup. You're going to have to roll with someone like Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. It's just kind of the way it is. If you can get away from Julio, maybe. But if he gets a, if he's just limited throughout the week, which I believe he was limited on Wednesday, I don't know the extent of that. But you you... It's going to be hard to bench him in this kind of matchup, either of these kind of guys. So I have Matt Ryan coming in at 12 there. And then 13, I have Matt Stafford versus Houston. Now, Matt Stafford had a touchdown called back last week. So it wasn't as egregious as the zero goose egg that they laid against Carolina, especially because the penalty was a little bit of a could have gone either way sort of kind of penalty. Through the last three games, Stafford's only averaged 13 fantasy points per game and four touchdown point leagues. Not encouraging, but I think it's going to be a little bit better against Houston, a team that's defense kind of gives away points, which allows Deshaun Watson to do the Deshaun Watson stuff that we all love to see. And that's going to be good, I guess, for the fantasy value of that game. I still don't think it's going to be an, a very sexy game. I think 15.5 is a solid over-under for the game, to be honest. Matt Patricia is going to have to be coaching for his life in this game because it doesn't seem like he's going to really make it through the season if he continues to lose especially in these big primetime spots Houston gives up about 21 and a half fantasy points per game to the quarterback position I'd probably put Matt Stafford a little bit below that without Danny Amendola without Kenny Galladay but I still think you can hit Marvin Hall or even Marvin Jones or work TJ Hawkinson underneath you can hit those other two receivers deep kind of get fantasy points that way and then right after him at 14 I have Lamar Jackson at Pittsburgh look Lamar Jackson his Two games that he's played against Pittsburgh, one this year, one last year, they're not great. He has, I think, five interceptions, could be four, in both those games. Threw a pretty bad pick to TJ Watt earlier in the season, has really struggled. They really play pretty solid zone defense, doesn't allow Lamar Jackson to use his legs, and seems like the NFL's kind of caught up to Lamar. So I'm not too thrilled about starting Lamar Jackson. If it's a two-quarterback league, you're obviously going to roll him out there, hope he gets some solid chunk of yardage rushing the football to give himself a solid floor but he's definitely a player that is very frustrating right now that offense is out of sync and that defense is really good and they're going to focus down on 
Mark Andrews and be like, okay, you can try to beat us with Willie Sneed. And the fact that J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram probably won't play in this game because they're on the COVID list is not going to help Lamar whatsoever. And then after him, I have Cam Newton versus Arizona. I think Cam Newton, Cam Newton is somebody that has been inconsistent, hasn't really found a rhythm throwing the football. Granted, last week he went over 300 yards against Houston, a team that has struggled to defend the pass, like I said before. But he gets to host the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona's a high-scoring team. I expect the Patriots to run the football, try to take the air out of the ball, try to limit Kyler Murray from going on the field. Now, it might not work that well if the Cardinals do get off to a fast start, even though it's a 1 o'clock game west to east, but it's still very plausible that they get off to a fast start with Kyler Murray. So I think Cam Newton is definitely a startable asset, as is someone like Lamar Jackson, but there are better options out there as well. I mean, Cam Newton still gets in the goal line. Rex Burkhead's hurt. It's usually going to be him or Damian Harris right now. Sony Michelle could be activated. There's going to be a lot more James White. James White's a very solid receiver out of the backfield. That could help Cam Newton on third down situations. Third and intermediate, third and short. So I think Cam Newton is a solid player to start. You can start him confidently. Lamar Jackson, like I said before, somebody that... Now, you're not overly confident about it, but it's also a negative perception because you probably spent a second or third round pick on Lamar Jackson, and he just has not got it done. He's not the Lamar Jackson that you expected. Whereas Cam Newton, you probably got him in like the ninth or tenth round. So Cam Newton, I think you can start him if you don't have any of these other options. But if you picked up Taysom Hill earlier, a couple weeks ago, last week, then you could roll with Hill over Newton. 16, I have Carson Wentz versus Seattle. Now, this game, again, it's higher over-under. I think Carson Wentz has been incredibly erratic. But that 50-point over-under with these receivers coming back, with Zach Ertz possibly coming back in this game, and with a defense that is really, really bad in Seattle's, I think Carson Wentz can actually have a solid fantasy outing. That's why I have him at 16, 17, Daniel Jones at Cincinnati. I think they're going to try to establish a run with Wayne Gallman. I don't expect the Bengals to put up a lot of points. This could be just kind of a, a gross type of game that's what the lower over under of 43 and it keeps going down suggests but the fact that Bengals might not be able to keep up with the Giants may render Jones kind of out of the game a little bit in the fourth quarter but I still expect them to take shots early coming off a bye week and I expect Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton to have solid outings in this game so I like Daniel Jones 18 against Jared Goff versus San Francisco wasn't great in their first matchup. Jared Goff's in a groove right now. They're throwing the football much more the last three games than they have the previous three games. Product of playing teams like the Buccaneers. But it's also just the fact that Goff's kind of finding a rhythm since coming out of the bye week after that Miami debacle. So I have Goff at 18, 19, I have Phillip Rivers versus Tennessee. I love the fact that they played recently. Phillip Rivers put up a really respectable fantasy outing hitting Michael Pittman Jr. for a big game. Didn't have a touchdown in that game, but he still had a really solid game. I think Phillip Rivers, like I said before, is target agnostic. He doesn't focus on one target. He just goes to whoever's open. He's very, very smart processing when it comes to those things. So I think this could be Naheem Hines. could be a little bit of Zach Paschal, T.Y. Hilton, Moali Cox, Jack Doyle. Whoever it is, Phillip Rivers is the beneficiary of it. In 20, I have Tua Tagovailoa at the New York Jets. I think he's going to bounce back this week I know he's dealing with a little thumb injury right now I think he's going to be fine he's going to play in this game and he should throw on the Jets now (laughs) as for the Jets 
This is the Jets, one of the Jets' last chance to secure a win. So they're going to be coming all out. And Tua is a rookie, and as we saw last week against Denver, Vic Fangio really confused him, really manipulated what he thought he was seeing, and Tua really struggled. And it led to him being benched for Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think Tua can overcome, though, against the Jets' defense, and I have him at 20. Somebody that you don't really want to start, but you might have to if you're in a pitch. And then after him, just run through it, Kirk Cousins versus Carolina, Ryan Tannehill at Indianapolis, Teddy Bridgewater at Minnesota, Baker Mayfield at Jacksonville, Andy Dalton versus Washington. If you want the rest, please check out Big Blue View to see the rankings. They will be there. Before I get into the running backs, let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Before I do the running back rankings, let's look at the top five teams that are giving up the most fantasy points to the running back position, see if this helps you with some decisions. Detroit surrenders the most, 40.4 fantasy points per game. They're going up against Houston. Denver, the second most, gives up 31 fantasy points per game. And they're playing the Saints. And it's kind of funny because Denver was known as a better rush defense earlier in the year when they had Jarrell Casey. But now, obviously not. They've been surrendering a lot of receiving yards to the running back. So this could work out for Alvin Kamara. But the offense may have just changed and shifted with Taysom Hill. We'll have to see. It should be interesting. Seattle gives up 28.4 fantasy points per game to the running back position going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Green Bay is up 27.8 fantasy points per game. Going up against Chicago, David Montgomery is back from injury. And then Houston gives up 27.7 fantasy points per game. And they're going up against the Detroit Lions. Alrighty. So Dalvin Cooks, running back one, gets to play Carolina, another team that surrenders a lot of fantasy points to the running back position. We remember that week one with Josh Jacobs where they gave up three touchdowns. And a lot of people have bias against them for that. They're not the worst. Derek Brown's having a solid season, but they're still a team that can be run on. And Dalvin Cook will do that because Dalvin Cook is a beast. And Dalvin Cook right now leads all running backs in fantasy football by a wide margin. He has 216.3 fantasy points. And Alvin Kamara second with 189.9. And then behind him is Derek Henry with 170. So there's a big drop off. And then from there, it goes down to Josh Jacobs at four with 143. So you see just how important those top three running backs are. And Cook leads them by a pretty wide margin. Number two, I have Derrick Henry at Indianapolis. They're going to try to run the ball. And there's not going to be a DeForest Buckner who was put on the COVID list. And that's huge to that Colts defense. He's the central foundational piece to the Colts defense. Derrick Henry's looking to get 30 touches in this game as they work the run game, try to set up the play action like they did against Baltimore last week. 
a team where they were getting beat pretty bad by Baltimore. And through running the ball, Tennessee was able to claw back into that game. So Derrick Henry is two. Alvin Kamara, three at Denver, as you saw before. Alvin Kamara could have a pretty good matchup here against Denver. And Kamara last week had 10 fantasy points with a touchdown. Didn't really have to do anything with Taysom Hill. That could change. It may not. But it doesn't matter because you're playing Alvin Kamara no matter what. Four, Nick Chubb at Jacksonville. Look, there's a split between him and Kareem Hunt. But Nick Chubb is still going to get the majority of the carries. It's more of a 60-40 type of split. Seems like they're using a lot of Kareem Hunt in the red zone, which is definitely infuriating for Nick Chubb fantasy owners. But Jacksonville, they haven't been terrible at stopping the run. They can't really stop anything in the pass. But I think they're just going to establish the run like they love to do, like Kevin Stefanski wants to do, and Nick Chubb could be in for another plus matchup in a game where they should be leading the majority of the time. Five, I mean, Mike Lennon is starting for Jacksonville. Jeez. Five, Aaron Jones versus Chicago. Chicago's a really good rush defense. Chicago's a really good defense, like I said. But this game could be a little bit windy. It's going to be cold up in Green Bay. And I can see the Packers relying on Jones. Now, the problem with Jones, which you're not going to not start him, is Jamal Williams has been kind of eating into his carry count and being used as a receiver on third down. And they're splitting more work than they used to. But I still think Aaron Jones against Chicago should be in for a pretty good game. And that game isn't necessarily sexy in terms of fantasy points. Like I said, it's a 45-point over-under. Green Bay's 8.5-point favorites. But the Bears can't score. It's going to lead to a lot of rushing in the third, fourth quarter. That's Aaron Jones' time. So Aaron Jones at 5. 6, DeAndre Swift versus Houston. It's not a certainty that he's playing in this game. He hasn't been activated, or I should say he hasn't been declared that he will play in this game. Remember, he missed last game with a concussion. He hasn't passed protocol yet, but he practiced limited on Monday, and they play Thursday. Or I should say they practice limited on Tuesday. So it's looking like he might play. Sorry for that train, by the way. It's very, very annoying, I know. And if he does play, he's a top 10 running back against this Houston defense. It's not that great. And you know they're going to try to establish the run on that defense and try to take the air out of the ball for Deshaun Watson. So he comes at six, seven, Miles Sanders versus Seattle, a team that you can also run on. And Miles Sanders hasn't yet gotten going since he's come back from the injury. I think they're going to really try to get Carson Wentz comfortable by relying on the run game and the short passing game and use Miles Sanders on screens, things like that. And I think this could be a Miles Sanders primetime game. So I have him at 7. 8, I have Josh Jacobs at Atlanta. Atlanta's pretty solid run defense. I don't really get the credit that they deserve for it. But they give up the second fewest fantasy points to the running back position. And like I said, I know Alan Kamara fell into the end zone last week. But if he didn't, it would have been a terrible fantasy game. So Josh Jacobs, who's a smash play every week and who you're going to play, just have your expectations down just a little bit as they travel to Atlanta. Nine, James Robinson versus Cleveland. Now, James Robinson has been an unsung hero for a lot of fantasy teams. But Cleveland surrenders the fourth least fantasy points to the running back position, about 17 fantasy points a game. Now, I think James Robinson is still someone that you're going to have to start. And it's a little bit nebulous because Mike Glennon is the starting quarterback there. You don't know how that offense is going to move, but it can't be that much worse than Jake Luton. So you're still going to roll with him. Hopefully Glennon checks it down a little bit to James Robinson gets him involved in those PPR formats. Ezekiel Elliott versus Washington. Look, Elliott came out of the bye week, got 21 carries, and did well. Established himself over the Vikings, put up a nice fantasy game, 
and you're expecting him to do that again against Washington. You know, earlier in the year, he had like, what, six fantasy points or something against the Washington football team in Washington. It's going to be on prime time. Everyone's going to be watching as they eat their Thanksgiving dinner. They're going to want to feed Zeke. He's going to want to be fed. And Washington, who has a good run defense, they have a suspect offense, doesn't necessarily sustain a lot of longer drives, doesn't necessarily put a lot of points on the board, keeping this game competitive, resulting in more Ezekiel Elliott rushing attempts to kind of help Andy Dalton in that offense and to kind of slow down the pass rush of Montez Sweat and Chase Young. So Ezekiel Elliott at 10, 11, Chris Carson at Philadelphia. Hey, he's playing. He's playing when Chris Carson plays. You should plug him in. We saw Carlos Hyde have like 18 fantasy points last week. That could have been Chris Carson, who's a much better player. And I love Chris Carson in that matchup on primetime. 12, Antonio Gibson at Dallas. Again, if Dallas takes a lead, then it's going to be much more J.D. McKissick. But if this is competitive, and it's you score, I score, or it's Washington getting a lead, then it's going to be a lot more Antonio Gibson, who has been quietly a lot better than a lot of people realize. And I don't think he's necessarily getting the respect that he probably deserves because Antonio Gibson through the last three weeks is a sixth scoring running back. He's 14.8 fantasy points per game. The only ones ahead of him are Kamara, Jacobs, Cook, McCaffrey. So I think you have to just kind of give him that kind of respect. And I don't think he gets it. So Antonio Gibson at 12, 13, Mike Davis at Minnesota. There's not going to be any more Christian McCaffrey in this game too. It's unfortunate. We want Christian McCaffrey. We want to see Christian McCaffrey. But this is Mike Davis who had a bounce back game because we saw Mike Davis not have the games that you want when Christian McCaffrey wasn't there the last few weeks. Seems like he slowed down. But last week, a plus matchup against Detroit at home, he did well. In Minnesota, a team that just got ran all over by Ezekiel Elliott, and that's Elliott. But I still think Davis is top 15 play, somebody that you're going to be starting unless you have amazing options. I have Davis in a couple of leagues where I'm probably going to start him over some really good options, but I just don't really trust the the matchup as much with the game flow, with the game script, which are really important. Four-team Kareem Hunt at Jacksonville, similar to Nick Chubb. I like Kareem Hunt. I think this could be a plus matchup. They use him in the passing game. Baker Mayfield wants to rely on him in the red zone. He is in the red zone packages, and I know he got kind of a garbage touchdown that saved his fantasy outing last week. But he also should have had another touchdown that he was about literally a half inch short of in the first quarter. So he could have had a pretty, really nice, substantial fantasy week. Instead, it came out to be solid. So I like Kareem Hunt. At Jacksonville, 15, Wayne Gallman at Cincinnati. I think Wayne Gallman, I think that's what they're going to try to do is establish the run. And I think he could be in for a nice little outing against the Bengals, who are not going to have any offense. They're just going to be The Giants are going to be bleeding the clock in the third, fourth quarter of this game. The Giants have had success, and I know there's a little bit of drama with Mark Colombo being relieved, but I still think they're going to have success against the Cincinnati front that isn't terrible in terms of limiting running backs, but they're not a great matchup, and they are home, but I think the offense is going to assist, the offense of Cincinnati will assist Wayne Gallman, if that makes sense, because there should be a lot of garbage time and a lot of Giants taking the air out of the ball. 16, Jonathan Taylor versus Tennessee. Look, Jonathan Taylor finally had his snap counts back up. Was finally getting a lot more carries, a lot more opportunities last week against Green Bay. And I expect the same now against Tennessee. We saw him a couple weeks ago against Tennessee, and it was the Naheem Hines show. But I think Taylor is going to start as this season keeps progressing, earning more and more time. Hines is going to get in there when game script permits. 
and that might be in the third and fourth quarter. I think Hines isn't going to go anywhere in this game, but I still think Jonathan Taylor is going to get those goal line opportunities. So I'm comfortable starting him as a running back too. 17, Salvin Ahmed. Now he didn't practice on Wednesday. It's something to monitor for sure. Miles Gaskin may play in this game. If that's so, then ignore everything I'm about to say. But the Dolphins are favored against the Jets because the Jets are the Jets. And you look at the over-under, it's a 44.5 point over-under. Dolphins are favored by seven on the road. It's a division matchup. Dolphins are going to want to run the football because Tua did struggle. And I think Tua is going to have a better game, but he did struggle last week. And the Dolphins have proven that they want to rely on one guy. So if there is no Gaskin and Ahmed is okay, feel comfortable starting him. Then we have Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming in this far down. Love the game that he had last week. Over 20 fantasy points. It was great. But against Tampa Bay, man, really, really tough run defense. Team that doesn't allow running backs to really do that much. It's, it's a little difficult. Now, if he was a little bit more involved in the passing game, which is something that we expected, I would feel much better about it. But we saw Tampa Bay last week just absolutely stop anything the Los Angeles Rams tried to do on the ground. Now, I don't think it's going to be to that level. I think you'd start Clyde, a low-end running back two kind of start, maybe a flex, something like that. But if you have some of these better options, you can bench him. You can get away from Clyde even after a great game. We've seen Andy Reid do this after bye, try to establish the run. It looks all well and good. And then he just abandons it. And he'll give Clyde Edwards a lair, like eight carries and Le'Veon Bell like two and not run the football when the game script says that he probably should run the football. But Tampa Bay's pass defense has been rather suspect, as we saw last week with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods doing everything. And this is Pat Mahomes we're talking about here. So Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, love them this week. Clyde, a little bit more reservations for that. 19, Todd Gurley versus the Raiders. Todd Gurley had a bad week last week. Tough matchup, bad week. Now he gets the Raiders at home. A team that Clyde Edwards-Alaire just lit up on the ground. And you can run on the Las Vegas Raiders. You can. A lot of people have proven it. And I think Todd Gurley, all he needs to do is fall in the end zone, and he could get his 13 to 23 carries. It's so weird how he gets so much of the work, but he does. And the Raiders give up about 23 fantasy points a game to the running back position. And in this game flow, it it could be a little tricky. I think it's going to be a competitive game, especially if Julio Jones is playing. So I have him at 19. I think he's somebody that you can start. And then at 20, I have James Conner versus Baltimore. It's not something I love. James Conner, I'm a little bit more down on him just because, you know, you have the offensive coordinator coming out saying that Benny Snell deserves more carries. We saw last week Benny Snell get a goal line touchdown. And James Conner hasn't gotten it done for you. And this is in a matchup that isn't maybe as bad as we once thought, but it's still not an easy matchup in a divisional game that is always very competitive and always very physical. James Conner, we all seen him being dinged up before. We've seen more Anthony McFarland, more Benny Snell. So I'm just a little hesitant there against Baltimore. And then after him, I have Kalen Balaj at Buffalo, Gus Edwards at Pittsburgh, Raheem Moster at the Rams, Duke Johnson at Detroit, and Kenyon Drake at New England. If you want to see the rest, please check it out at Big Blue View. Moving on to wide receivers. Wide receiver one goes to the aforementioned Tyreek Hill at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who, as I just said, got lit up by the Rams. Tyreek Hill has been on a tear recently for the Kansas City Chiefs. He has the best quarterback in the league throwing him the football, and he's one of the best wide receivers in the league, and a lot of people don't view him that way. They view him as a little bit of one-trick pony speed, but his game has developed significantly, and on the season right now, he is the number one receiver over Devontae Adams, who missed quite a bit of games, so let's not take that away. Through the last three games, he's also 
the number one receiver averaging 20 fantasy points a game so you can't sleep on Tyreek no one is number one receiver two DK Metcalf at Philadelphia I don't know how Philly's going to be able to slow him down I really don't he had a solid fantasy outing last week could have had a gigantic one he dropped two touchdown passes basically one hit him in the face mask could have had another two and another big catch was called back on a penalty so DK Metcalf at two it's not much analysis needed there three Devontae Adams versus Chicago now as I said, Chicago is a solid defense. Devontae Adams, all he does is get targeted, similar to Keenan Allen, who's four. All they do is get targeted, and you can't ever bench either of these kind of players. Devontae Adams also has high touchdown upside. We saw Keenan Allen get a touchdown, almost get his chest impaled by Justin Herbert on that throw. So both those players are smashes. Five is Stephon Diggs versus the Chargers. Haven't seen him in a little bit. Thought he had that go-ahead touchdown against the Cardinals, but DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray had something different to say about that. Now he gets the Chargers, a team that can be had through the air. I think they have some solid cornerbacks there, some cornerbacks that, like Michael Davis, who don't necessarily have huge names, and they've also had injuries with Chris Harris, who's been there. But the Chargers mainly give up a lot of fantasy points to the tight end position, but they're actually second to last in giving fantasy points away to the wide receiver position. But I don't think that's going to matter with Stefan Diggs because Stefan Diggs is going to get 10 plus targets in this game, especially if Justin Herbert comes out firing and he's going to be able to take advantage of Michael Davis or Casey Hayward or whoever they have out there because Steph Diggs is a top seven receiver in the league and he comes in a five here. Will Fuller at Detroit Thanksgiving game without Jeffrey Okuda. Will Fuller has been so steady this season, which is not something we're used to saying with Will Fuller, who's always struggled with injuries. And he's just somebody that you have to start week in and week out. Even last week in a tough matchup against Stephon Gilmore, he had a solid fantasy outing. He didn't kill your team by any stretch of the imagination. So Will Fuller at Detroit at 6. 7, DeAndre Hopkins at New England. You're not going to bench D-Hop. He's going to get Stephon Gilmore. But he's going to win a lot of those contested catch situations. And if Kyler Murray's shoulder's right, then he's somebody who's also going to be a threat downfield. And we've seen that quite a bit. Eight, Terry McLaurin at Dallas. Terry McLaurin, I think, could really eat up this Dallas secondary. Dallas secondary is getting a bit more healthy. They got Chidobe Awuzie back now. But McLaurin is going to be in the slot. Going to see a little bit of Jordan Lewis, who is a solid player, but definitely not a player that can slow down someone of the skill set like McLaurin. So McLaurin at eight, nine, Tyler Lockett at Philadelphia. We haven't had this big Tyler Lockett blow-up game. Last week, he had 17 points, caught a touchdown. It was a nice fantasy outing. And Avante Maddox has been dealing with injury. We saw Craven LeBlanc go down last week. Some of the guys, they rotate in and out of the slot there in Philadelphia. There could be some younger types of players there. As of right now, are people who aren't as good as even those cornerbacks. Now, Maddox might play in the game, but LeBlanc, I'm not 100% sure on. The injury looked kind of bad. So this could be a solid Tyler Lockett outing, but I think it's going to be a big DK Metcalf show. You're still starting Lockett, though. 10, Calvin Ridley versus the Raiders. Now, this is, especially if Julio Jones is not there, Julio Jones is not right. Basically, all the targets are going to go to Ridley. So Hayden Hurst put up a goose egg last week. Now, I think that's somewhat anomalous because Hayden Hurst has had over 60 yards, I think, in the last four games prior to that. And I think Hurst is going to be solid in this game as well against the Raiders. But Calvin Ridley is going to be able to manipulate Damon Arnett and all these other cornerbacks that the Raiders have. So I love him in this matchup, and that's why he comes in my top 10. 11, I have Michael Thomas, who went over 100 for the first time 
last week. Now he gets to play against Denver, and Denver is a team who gives up about middle-of-the-pack fantasy points to the wide receiver position. We saw him have somewhat of a rapport with Taysom Hill, and I think if you have Michael Thomas, you're going to start him. You're going to be eager to start him because you barely have had a chance to start him this season. 12, I have Justin Jefferson versus Carolina, a team that shut out the Detroit Lions, but I think that's more of a product of Detroit than it is Carolina. And Adam Thielen may or may not play in this game. I don't have him in the rankings, but if you, obviously if Thielen's playing, you're going to play him. He tested positive for COVID, and then he tested negative the next day. So he has to pass a bunch of tests before he can be cleared to play on Sunday. But it is possible that he can play. And Justin Jefferson, I would knock him down a little bit if Adam Thielen is there. But he's been having a heck of a year. I mean, all these rookie receivers have been really, really good this season. And you can't really sleep on someone like Justin Jefferson, who in the last three games is averaging double-digit fantasy points per game. Then, after Justin Jefferson, I have Julio Jones. I've talked a lot about Julio. If he's active, I think you're going to have to play him. You're just going to hope that he does more than what he did last week and that he doesn't kind of re-aggravate it. So you're going to have to monitor the situation to see what happens with Julio Jones. 14, Cooper Cup versus San Francisco. We saw Cooper Cup and Robert Woods have great weeks last week. I think against a matchup like San Francisco, it's more of a Cooper Cup week if he is healthy. So I have Cooper Cup at 14, 15. I have Mike Evans versus Kansas City. I don't think there's a corner that can necessarily slow down Mike Evans like there was for the Rams with Jalen Ramsey. And we've seen Tom Brady be really eager to throw to Mike Evans every time they get in the red zone. Plays are designed for Mike Evans. And Mike Evans continues to show that he is an absolute beast at playing American football. So he comes in at 15, 16. A.J. Brown versus Indianapolis. Indianapolis a couple weeks ago shut him down even though he dropped the 70-yard touchdown pass, but they still shut him down. I think A.J. Brown's going to have a bounce-back week here and show what a boss and what a man he truly is. So I'm expecting Brown to get into the end zone against a pretty solid defense, but a defense that doesn't have DeForest Buckner. 17, Brendan Cooks at Detroit. I think Brendan Cooks, similar to Will Fuller, are both going to be into for smash games along with Deshaun Watson, and everyone's going to be watching because it's a Thanksgiving game. Brendan Cooks has been one of the low-key best fantasy wide receivers that you can have in terms of probably where you got him in the draft and how people tend to view him. He's somebody who's consistently getting 8 to 10, sometimes going for over 20 fantasy points, and he doesn't necessarily get the respect that he deserves. Similar to the next guy, DJ Moore, who a lot of people have recency bias in terms of the first week. Now, week one in early season, whenever somebody starts off slow, There's a negative perception about them the entire year, despite them kind of debunking that through the season. And DJ Moore finishes 11th in half-point PPR leagues in fantasy points right now. And a lot of people don't view him that way. They view him as a bust. But he has 46 receptions, has 863 yards, and four touchdowns on the season. The 863 yards ranks fourth in the league. Similar, Justin Jefferson, who's 848 yards, He finishes sixth. No one's really viewing him that way because he's second fiddle to Adam Thielen. A lot of those yards came in like two different games. But he's having a pretty good game. Or year, I should say. DJ Moore. And he's coming off of a pretty good game as well. With PJ Walker throwing him the ball. And now he gets to play the Minnesota Vikings. And I know it's kind of annoying because they have Curtis Samuel. They have Robbie Anderson. And it could be any one of those guys that goes off. But... If you need a wide receiver too, DJ Moore's there. And he's somebody that you should start. And you shouldn't necessarily feel too gross about it. 19, Chase Claypool versus Baltimore. 
Now, Chase Claypool, he has his red zone threat. He's a true vertical threat. Ben Roethlisberger is going to want to try to get that big play to Claypool. I think it's going to be designed by the Pittsburgh offense to try to get Claypool to play. I have him over Deontay Johnson, who I have at 21. Deontay Johnson didn't do anything against Baltimore last time they played each other, but the guy has three straight games of getting double-digit targets. So I think you have to play Deontay Johnson as well and just hope that he has a better outing. He was a little bit dinged up when he played that game. But you can comfortably start both him and Chase Claypool. And then at 20, I have Devontae Parker at the New York Jets, who's quietly having a pretty solid run as a fantasy receiver in the last three games. And last game, he had the 15 and a half points or whatever it was in half point PPR. The game before that wasn't as good, but he's somebody that I think in this matchup against the Jets, a team that just gave up how many fantasy points to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams specifically, that's more of the profile that you're looking for for Devontae Parker. I think that you should start Parker with confidence. And then after Deontay Johnson, who was 21, I have Robert Woods versus San Francisco, Allen Robinson, Akari Bay, Amari Cooper versus Washington, Chris Godwin versus Kansas City, Michael Pittman Jr. versus Tennessee, Antonio Brown versus Kansas City, Sterling Shepard at Cincinnati, Robbie Anderson at Minnesota, DJ Chark versus Cleveland, Curtis Samuel at Minnesota, and Christian Kirk at New England. Tight ends, real quick. I'll just run through them. Travis Kelsey, number one. I mean, we all know why Travis Kelsey is almost a cheat code in fantasy football. Having that much of an edge on everybody else is ridiculous at one specific position because he's putting up 20 points every week. No one else is getting that unless you had Taysom Hill in your tight end spot for the entire season. So Travis Kelsey, number one. Darren Waller at Atlanta, number two, coming off of a huge game in prime time. He's done that a couple times this season in primetime football, and now he gets to play Atlanta, and he's the main target in this offense, as we know. Atlanta's pass defense is not great. We've seen them get torched by tight end positions, Robert Tunyon in particular, earlier in the season, and I think this could be another really good matchup for Darren Waller. TJ Hawkinson versus Houston would be three for me. Thanksgiving game. I think the offense should passing game should run through tj hawkinson marvin jones kind of move the sticks with tj hawkinson they've done a poor job in recent weeks kind of getting him involved daryl bevel but i do believe that he could have a really good game in prime time well wherever when everybody's watching i don't know if 12 30 games are still considered prime time for dallas goddard versus seattle now with zach Ertz coming back i might ding this down a little bit but that's not a given yet but seattle is a team that cannot guard anybody now the tight end position specifically they're about middle of the pack giving about 12 fantasy points a game to that position but we saw the eagles offense when they had success they were targeting dallas goddard last week so why not kind of continue that and then hopefully the underneath passes will open something up behind for travis fulgham or jalen rager who i do feel like could be in for a good game as well five is mark andrews at pittsburgh I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick in that Pittsburgh defense is going to be looking to slow down Mark Andrews, who's been the only person to develop any sort of rapport this year with Lamar Jackson. But if you have Andrews, you're still going to start him. Six, Hunter Henry at Buffalo. Hunter Henry found the end zone last week. He's somebody that is getting six targets, seven targets a game, which is a lot for the tight end position because tight end position is not good. Seven would be Rob Gronkowski versus Kansas City. Gronk coming off a two-catch game. Didn't really do all that much. Hasn't done that much in the last couple weeks. This is going to be a high-scoring game. And I think Gronk... I think the the offense should look to Gronk a little bit more than trying to force the ball to Antonio Brown and Mike Evans. 
if Gronk is open, if he has leverage in those type of things. Now, I'm not sure. I haven't reviewed the tape and see if that's happening. But he's still always somebody that you have to consider as a secondary threat behind Mike Evans in the red zone too. And the tight end position being so bad, he's a top 10 uh, play. Evan Ingram at Cincinnati. Cincinnati has not been great against the tight end position. And Evan Ingram came off a bad game against Philadelphia. And we don't expect them to be throwing the ball in the second half. At least I don't. But I still think he could do enough in the first half to be serviceable. And I have him at 8. Number 9, Noah Fant versus New Orleans. New Orleans was really bad against tight ends earlier in the year. That defense has been significantly better in the last couple weeks. Now, I'm, I'm not in love with this because I don't love Drew Locke against his defense. And Noah Fant, I think Pat Shermer's got to realize you have to get this guy a little bit more involved especially when you're in the red zone because he hasn't had a touchdown in so long and his skill set is so superior than a lot of other players in the league. I just think that Shermer's got to design ways to get the ball out of Drew Locke's hands quickly and into fans' hands against this pass rush of Trey Hendrickson and Cameron Jordan and this defense. So I have him at 9. And then 10, I have Hayden Hurst versus the Raiders. I kind of already talked about him. Now, I want to run through these other guys real quick. Austin Hooper at Jacksonville, Eric Ebron versus Baltimore, 13, Jordan Reed at the Rams, 14, Johnny Smith at the Colts, 15, Robert Tunyon versus Chicago, 16, Dalton Schultz versus Washington, 17, Jimmy Graham at Green Bay, 18, Logan Thomas at Dallas, 19, Trey Burton versus Tennessee, and 20, Tyler Higby versus San Francisco. And that, my friends, is a week 12 edition of Filato's Fantasy Corner. Please rate, subscribe, and review this podcast. And have a lovely Thanksgiving dinner. Be safe, everybody. And I hope you guys win your fantasy matchups as you guys try to get into the playoffs. So everybody, have a lovely one. Take care. Support for this podcast came from SAS. Data is everything. And now everything is data, which means more to process, more to analyze. And now more than ever, speed to answers matters. So how do you produce those answers as fast as the world produces data? With SAS VIA, the quickest way from a billion points of data to a point of view. It's a more productive data and AI platform that helps you get more done. Learn more today at sas.com slash VIYA. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features. 